on page hey of the safe on page hey the safe of the Mishkan Evan. It's a good sign that the, those who came back a second time. It's a good sign that they're taking a reading. So because the because what the, this this um, this Sadik who I don't know and I don't know even his name, what he was he was giving us not a warning but he was I look at it more like a promise that that he expects that anybody that's going to continue to learn the Sefer is a person who sincerely wants to know what's the tachlis of life, what's the purpose of, of my life and why did Hashem put me here and 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 as we learned it's not a, it's not a matter of a Yediyah but just knowing having some knowledge about how to live mamish every minute of one's life without Yediyah how to live every minute of one's life now I don't want to review because we have so few times during the year that it's going to take half of each time to, 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 to review. So that's why the Chav is making tapes, either through the shul or some of the, some of the other tapes that are here, that it's very kedai, if it's possible, at some time during the week to, to hear and to go over it a little bit so, so that we could just jump right into the, into the, next, into the next part of, of the Sefer. So we're on page Hay, where it says Ice Hay. The last thing that the tzaddik here was saying was that even though it's true that if you ask any one of us, what is it that you feel that your main, what's the main thing that you're here in this world for? What do you need to accomplish? So any one of us would respond by talking about those things that we feel have been the struggles. Now you describe one person shalom bias, another person to work on, on, on speaking properly, another relation with a family member. Uh, Kaas, anger, to be more careful with the Shabbos, and how to deal with children. Each and every one of us would answer a different way, and all of and all of us, of course, would be right. And there's no question about it is that those things, as we've spoken about so many times over the years, and Rabbi talks about, and all the tzaddikim, that those things that we find that we have the greatest milchamis, that we have the greatest struggles, tavka in those areas, obviously, or that one particular greatest struggle of life. That's why Hashem's Baruch has brought us into the world to perfect, and that's why we have to go through many, many milchamis dafkin in that Indian. Nevertheless, what the what he's explaining here in the Sefer Bilvavi Mishkan Evne is that even though it's true that every person, every Jew has a different Indian in his or her life, that he or she feels that he was sent into this world bedafke and befrat specifically to focus on. There is the underlying issue of our Yiddishkeit, the point of our lives as Jews, which all of us share in common. And unless we know what that is, and unless we learn to live with that constantly in our minds and our hearts, we'll never ever get to repairing that particular problem, that's that unique part of, our, of each individual's Yiddishkeit that he has to work on specifically. So all of us do share in common the inner nakuda, the inner point and the inner question of why exactly we're on the Shama sent into this world? And what is the what is the tachlis that all of us have in common as Jews? And once we know this, it would mean that we'd have, we would have to live with this reality and we'd have to live with this awareness and think about it our entire lives. So let's continue on an ice head. 
and, I, and I'm trying very hard to, to, to just learn it and not to add in my own stuff and to mix things up, just to learn what he's saying. And it's, it's hard for me to do that. And I and I and I said to him, I said to myself, even on the way here, that you know, might just just teach it and don't try to make it your thing and just don't take it over, just give it over, don't take it over. So I'm going to try hard. You know, so if I start going off into into Abinachman or Absalik, you know, remind me that just stick to the just stick to the safe. I'm going to try. Nitin Marshal Adara. Nitin Marshal Adara to help understand this whole union. Let's use a marshal. Nagar Lokech Biyado, that's a carpenter. A Nagar is a carpenter. It's also written in very beautiful, clear Hebrew. Nagar Lokech Biyado Ha'achas, Masur. You have a carpenter that's holding in one hand a saw, Ubiyado Hashniya Karish, and he's holding a plank, a wooden plank, in his other hand. And he begins to saw this wooden plank. If at the time that this carpenter is is sawing the wood, his thoughts begin to wander off to other inyan. He starts to think about the kids and starts to think about uh, how is he going to make that chasna, that mitzvah. His, his thoughts begin to wander. Even though cutting a piece of a piece of wood doesn't require great concentration, just to, to pay attention to what you're doing. But if his mind begins to wander into other things, and he's not focusing on what he's doing, it's very likely. The most likely thing is that the cut will not be done properly. It won't, it won't be done properly. Or the board will slip out of his hand. God forbid The reason is because when he when he was when he took into his hands the saw, when he took out this piece of wood and he took out the saw, it was clear to him what he needed to accomplish. He knew and he even with a pencil, he went with a ruler, and he knew that he had to make, he had to cut the board in this place. He knew that. And when he began, and when he began to cut, it was clear to him that this was his tachlis, this was his avoidan. What to cut the board in that specific way, according to those specific measurements. The Kate said, Roy Lishtamish and Moses, and not only that, this is a person who's been using a hand saw for many, many years, or an electric saw for many years. He knows how to do it. So he know when he started sewing, he knew what he had to do, and he also knows how to do it. Ula, Kasha Paula Maisebasiasamisur. However, what happened to this guy? That when it came down to the Lamaisa, when it came down to the actual work of sewing, Hayidiazunishkifamimana. He started thinking about the chasm he has to make. He started thinking about, you know, he started thinking about other things. His mind wandered. So he wasn't thinking about the malacha of Nisa, or of sawing, of cutting. So he knows how to saw. He knows exactly what he needs to saw, and how to do it, and so on. Nevertheless, at the time that he was sawing, nishka chamimena. You ever do a mitzvah like that? We know who God is. We believe in Him. We know what we're supposed to do. We know that He wants us to do it. And then somehow, just my our minds wander, right? You forget what the tachlis is. 
he's thinking about completely different things. And God forbid, the worst case scenario is that he could completely could hurt his hand. So that's the Moshe. What's the Nimshal? What does this mean? Chazal have taught us that a judge that a judge should see himself when he's sitting in judgment that as if every single second he's holding on to a sharp sword. The judge has to be very, very focused. He's holding on to a sharp sword. If the judge makes a wrong decision or if his mind wanders in any way then God forbid somebody can be judged in a wrong way even to die. So a judge should always see himself as if he's holding this sharp sword. The truth is, every single one of us sitting in judgment, hopefully not with other people, it's not good to ever judge other people, ever, ever. But we should be dianim over our own lives. We're supposed to be thinking about what we're doing and judging every word, thought, and action of our lives. Rabbi Saul said that every Jew should be judging himself all the time. The avoda of a Jew in this world is mamish similar to this marshal that we just learned of the nagar of the carpenter. Even though the person knows, even if the person knows why he was created. And he learned the Ramchal, and he learned the Swami knows why God created him. And the purpose of being in this world is to serve the Master of the world. We're going to talk about the entire Savior is to be dovid, to attach ourselves to Hashem. And a person knows that that's the reason. Just like this guy knows that he has to cut the board at the place that he made with the ruler. He knows that. But if a person has a Hesachadas, if a person's attention is, is drawn away, from the reason that he's alive, the tachlis sechaim, and the point of his life, the objective of being alive, and every single moment of his life, he's in danger. Every single moment of his life. How is it possible that we can have, we spoke about this a little bit last week, how could somebody be an Orthodox Jew who, who lives, who, who claims that the reason that I'm in this world is to serve the master of the world, how do we explain a lot of the stuff that we do? If we're here to serve the master of the world. If our entire life is just the tachlis of our life is to just be Avde Hashem. The only way to explain it is that there's a Hesachadas. Just like this guy knows the only tachlis of what he has to do right now is to saw this piece of wood in the right way. He knows that that's the tachlis of what he and he knows how to do it. So then what's going on? How could, he, how could he cut his finger? How could he mess up this board? How could he do all the terrences? The answer is, he wasn't thinking. That the seba, that the cause of what he was doing was substituted or was replaced by some other thought. So in life, he's explaining that obviously this is even more dangerous than cutting off a finger. <clears throat> that a person can officially know why he's in the world, can believe in God, and even have a deeper understanding of the purpose of his existence. And yet, the Shasmaisa, when it comes day to day and moment to moment in his life, he has the answer does. He just doesn't think about it. He doesn't remember next page After the person clarifies and becomes known to him, the reason and the objective and the tachlis, the goal of his life, all of yom yom. The whole point of the sefer is to teach us how do we live with this knowledge of what of the purpose of life. 
It's not, that's why he said, I'm not going to give you any fancy words or ideas. That's why you'll hardly see any psukim in this entire sefer. He doesn't say about fancy gemaras and psukim to keep it, to stick to the point that you could know the tachlis of your life and you could know the seed the, and the reason that you're alive. But if you don't live with that thought every moment, you could slip. You could slip, and as I said, it could be much worse than cutting a finger. Or even cutting off a finger, chas v'shom. How do we learn to live with this awareness? Just like the carpenter. The carpenter knows how to sew. He has the sew. He's done this before. He knows where to cut. He knows that he has to do this job and so on and so forth. But if the mind is not there, that means he's not living with the sewing at the time that he's sewing the, the, the plank. He's not living with that awareness. Shah, shah. Every day, every hour. The regarding tiv chenenu mamish. As Chazal taught us from the Pasuk, that every moment of life is not just Rosh Hashanah. Everybody gets all, everybody gets all nervous about your Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah is Yayim Hadin. So the Gemara talks about this. Yayim Hadin. It says in the Pasuk, we're regarding Tivchenen. It means that every single moment we're being judged. Every moment of life. And those Tzaddikim who live with this in their minds constantly, those people who live every moment with the Tachlis of life and the reason that I'm in this world, they don't just get, they don't just get into that Rosh Hashanah mood, you know, a, a, a couple of days at the end of Elul and the beginning of Tishrei, they live every single second. They're going to Chenemu with this. Not sad. We're going to talk about that a lot. It doesn't mean God forbid to be sad or to be nervous or depressed. Chas but to be watchful, to be on guard, to be a Jew that's conscious of what you're doing and why you're in this world. Hayedia. This awareness, this knowledge of the cause and the objective of my life, it can't be, it can't be, he says, to, to be some, like some sort of a piece of information. It's not like notes that we took in high school. That, that why we were created and the purpose of our lives, that's not like you were sitting in some class in high school and seminary and you heard a beautiful lecture from some wonderful teacher, uh, you know, about the, 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 the why, was, why was man created. And now you could write it in your notes and you put it with the rest of your notebooks and you put it with your, with your albums. And then every now and then you take it out and you dust it off and you say, oh, look at that, that's why I was created. You can't, it can't be that way. Like some piece of information that what? Shodom Shemekel Kach, Reishim Sadram, that you write down some notes. Umeniach Zos, Lizikarn Beginozov, and you put it with your other, with your other uh, uh, memorable uh, notes and items and souvenirs that you've kept from earlier years. Like people will do that when it comes to their wedding albums. Right? So they don't live with the constant, it's the same thing. If you don't live with the constant thought that how I love this person that I'm married to, and you don't live with this. And you don't live with this, with this avoid of, of how do I love this person more and how can I make myself more loved. And you're the kind of a person that your whole marriage consists of occasional, occasional uh, glimpses in the old wedding album, you know, looking at the old pictures and giving a crest. Ah, Amulah's giving. Uh, once it was like that. Once it was like that. So that's a very, very sad thing. That a person doesn't live with the idea of how much I love my wife, how much I love my husband, how much I love each child, and to live with that idea. And that's only a part, a, a part 
of this of the bigger bigot. That's that's not the tachlis of life. A person who doesn't have a, a husband or a wife, that, that, that doesn't mean that he or she, God forbid, can't live a life of the tachlis. Or if God forbid someone doesn't have children, that doesn't mean that you don't have a tachlis. And like the tachlis, as we're going to learn, is dveikis basha. But we understand when it comes. If, if the tzaddik here uses the marshal of a carpenter, we can understand certainly the marshal of our relationships with people that we love. How it's so easy to say, of course I love you. Right? Husbands and wives are saying this all the time. So it gets down to, it gets to this thing, says, why do you, you do that? That was horrible. You don't love me? How can you say that? Of course I love you. You know that I love you. You know, you say that, you know, when we get into a fight, and if we just say that, you know, those things, or, or like at a birthday or an anniversary or some other time, you say that, and sometimes you even show it to me. The shaila is, do you live with that as a living idea every moment of your life? And it's not just something that's in your notes, or in a wedding album, or in pictures, but in the, in, the, in the album that you have of your relationship with Hashem is Baruch, that you have this album of one, I used to be close to Hashem, or I know that I have to be this way. Like there are certain things, places in the house that we never ever see except before Pesach, right? Mm-hmm. The place that you never see. Only before Pesach you see them and uh, it smells and it's disgust and you got to fix it up. But you never ever see. So is that what it means? That's the tachs. When it comes to, there are thoughts that are like that too. Not just, not just uh, things in the house. There are feelings, emotions and thoughts that go from Pesach to Pesach and they, and they accumulate dust. But longer than Pesach to Pesach, and and you know that it's there, and you know that it's this is the this is why I'm in the world, and there's a Rebbeinu Shalom, but it's it's so covered with dust. It's just like it's just like this thing that's out there. he says, This knowledge of the tachlis of life, why we're in the world, what's the purpose of life? This has to be something that's yidia chushes. I feel it. I sense it. That you live in it. Not that it's a thought or it's something abstract. There's a, there's a beautiful, beautiful poem that, I, that I'll remember wants to share with you. There's this fantastic book of poetry from, uh, from uh, and I'm very particular about poetry because I, unfortunately, in the early part of my life, I studied a lot of poetry that wasn't from holiness. So I'm, ever since then, like, I'm always particular about, about poetry. And, and there's a woman from Yishalayim that has written beautiful, beautiful poetry. And one of the poems is that is about this one's about a shuva, and there's a, 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 somebody that she knows, a single friend, that that asks her like, what what is it that what is it that in life keeps her what keeps her going? Because she has a very very busy and difficult life. So somebody asks her, what keeps you going? So so she starts to explain. Well, you know, uh, she starts to say, well, my family is very important. So she said, oh, you mean the concept of having children, the concept of children? She said. She said she thought about it. And it's not the concept of children, and the way she described it is very sweet. It's it's the feeling of Nechamalah's hair when I put it asleep against my cheek. That's what keeps her going. Not the concept of a child. It's not the concept of a husband that keeps a marriage intact. It's not the concept of God that keeps a person that that, that makes a person a religious Jew. It's a living relationship. It's to live with that. Not the concept of God. Not the concept of God. But living with him. Same thing, it's not a concept of a child. It's the, it's the smell, it's the smell of the child after the birth. That, that keeps you going. And it's not, and and, and, and sending a husband and wife, it's not a concept. I mean, people can live like that for 120, and, and, and we can, our Yiddish cat could be like that too. The concept of God. 
the concept of, 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 uh, of, of attachment to Hashem. But that's not the tachlis of our, of our being in this world. The tachlis is what? Sha'adam chai oisa. That you live this. No shame oisa. You breathe it. Kol kulai. Every single part of you is struggling, is is trying so hard to what? To align itself with this knowledge, to live according to this knowledge that you know. To live with it and to live according to it. See this, it's a little bit too early in the year to bring up Pesach. But at least it's early enough that no one's going to be nervous, right? <laughs> so that's, there's a mile to that. This I mean that you know that I, I talk about, anybody from Shalom knows, I, I mean, even from this year that I talk about so much and I've made people so upset about the whole thing of, uh, of, of, of how I'm opposed I am to, if people don't have to, that they shouldn't go away for Pesach. It's an, it's an avlu to go away for Pesach. And, and, the, and this Indian now is becoming more already. It's to go away and, Sukkahs they have advertisements and they're already advertising for Pesach. I saw already in the summer advertisements for Pesach, and and this whole Indian that that when when it becomes when at that moment when a mitzvah I'm not talking about as I always I always preface this by saying I'm not talking about whether there's no other way for parents to be with grandparents and the children the bigger family cousins. Obviously there are exceptions to well Eretz Yisrael is always an exception. I'm not talking about exceptions. I'm talking about Derek Klal. You just don't want to have to you know it's a tearful. It's like it's like in Haggad, the one who said there was one son who said Maha Avaydaz I don't want to say which son, but one of the four sons said like What do I need this for? Said it's very hard work. It's too hard for me. I can't do it. It's when a miss. It's only when you don't live with the chiyus of Hashem's Baruch that that a, once a mitzvah becomes a burden, when a mitzvah becomes something that you dread, when a mitzvah becomes something you're prepared to spend ten thousand dollars to avoid. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to spend $10,000 to avoid this mitzvah. When a person is prepared to do that, and I'm putting it in very stark terms, please forgive me, and again, I don't mean anything personal, and, and, and whenever somebody tells me, you know, when, so I say, well, we're going to be fiyantiv. Usually the men get this by mechiyos chamas. They're always nervous when they come in. So I said, ah, so what are you going to be? So I said, well, I don't know. Uh, so I said, that's okay. I, you know, and I, 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 you should enjoy and be the mishpacha. And I don't mean in any way, I'm talking about the problem of our generation. It's a, it's a problem of the whole door. It's not living with the Abish, it's not living with the Kodesh Baruch, it's not feeling the Chiyasness. Simcha, we're going to talk a lot about this, of what it means, the Chiluk between being in your house, and that you work mamish for a month, that you work, or even more, that it should be a Yantiv, and what that means to work for the Barisham, to be every single second, like the Badichiva said, with the crexing and the cleaning, is, is that you're creating Malach and mamish. It's, it's a different way of doing a mitzvah. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of raising children. It's a different way of being the kind mitzvah sashev. So one has to know, and that's what we're going to talk about. Ma be'emes vav. Ma be'emes tachlis adam b'ilama. So obviously we have to first clarify to know what is taka the tachlis of being in the world. What's the tachlis of being in the world? Tachlis adam hudava yadua v'lo yadua. It is known to us. We've we've heard it, but it's also not quite known. Yadua, it's known The reason that everybody here in this in this room right now knows about this is because we've all read about it and we've heard Shiram about it. Shamal And he's heard about it, he's read about it, he's taken classes about it. Ulam he and then Yadua, but the truth is it's not really known. 
It's known as a piece of information that was taught in a class or that was heard in a shir. Because if a person would truthfully know this in the right way, and remember, it's from Pasha's gracious, that Yidiyah is Miloshan Chib, it doesn't mean to know something. The same way it says in the Torah, for Adam Yoda is Chavi Yishto. Knowing something means intimately, right? When it says in the Torah that Adam knew his wife, it meant to be bound together, it meant to be intimate. Knowing something, you might know something, but again, it's like the stuff in the album. Or it's a idea, it's a piece of information. It was, a, it, was the, it was notes of a lecture that I took. Or it's the concept of having a kid. It's the concept of my husband. It's the concept of marriage. It's the concept of Yiddishkeit. That's a idea. That's knowledge. And in the outside world, that's considered to be the most, the most respectable thing that a person knows. But the Torah says, to know, one's, to know one's husband, one's wife, to know one's kids, to know the Rebbein Shalom, it means chibur. It means attachment. So we know it officially, we know why we're created, and we have this information under our belts, but are we mechubur to this? Are we attached to it? Is every moment of life an effort in our parts to, to, to what? To align ourselves to that knowledge and that awareness? So in that respect, it's not known. If a person would truly be attached to this knowledge, the knowledge of why we exist, then cold suras chayev haisat That's scary. Now I'll translate. Then the entire tzura, the entire, the entire way of life, your entire way of life would, would be would be altered, would be changed. And for many people that's much, much too frightening. And there's something in psychology that's called cognitive dissonance that you, I'm sure many of you know much more about this than I do. But it's amazing that the human mind has this has this ability to just turn away from a certain piece of information that's absolutely clear and known if the consequences could be too frightening. And people do that all the time. There, there, there are people that I've spoken to that shut out parts of their lives. They just, it's, it's closed, it's turned off. <clears throat> and they, because the consequences of thinking about that, they don't want to go into that room of their minds and their hearts. They don't want to go there. So if a person, if a person would live with this knowledge that we were created, as we're going to talk about, to be the vacuum to Hashem, to be attached to the Creator and to serve Him, the consequences of that awareness could be so life-altering that many of us would rather not would rather not deal with it. We just don't want to know. Or we just thought we could talk about it and say over from Chals and Svasemesis and Tanyas and, and give Shirim and stuff like that, but not to live with the idea. Not to live with the idea. <clears throat> because the idea then to live with that information, to live with that knowledge, could have such dramatic consequences on your life that there is something within the psyche of a person that rises to protect the person from any changes. We all are frightened of making changes and certainly changing our way of living, changing our way of thinking is the hardest thing in the world. We expect our children to do it all the time. But for ourselves, we, we, we have very small hope or expectation of change. And because of that, he's saying that if a person would live with the idea, you see, you could know all the Rambams and Rambams in the world, 
and and you can still go to the country club, you know, with your, and hang out with your friends, you know, in your little uh, in your little bathing suit playing poker, you know, on a, on a Sunday in the summer. That's you know, that, not that any of you uh, do that. I'm just saying, a person. There are people in the country clubs, wherever they if they exist, somewhere out there, who are sitting Sunday in the, in their bathing suits playing cards with their friends who are Shem Shabbos, and would be an amazing effort to pay tuition to send the kids to yeshiva. How does that? How could that be? See, if you stop person, do, do you think that this is pleasing to the one who created you? Do you, do you think this fits into the, into the plan of your creation? So, a, a silly person will come up with all kinds of Irish kind of like, well, you know, why are you bothering me? I'm there with my game, you know. That, that, but a more serious person would have to nod her head or his head and say, you know, I know, I know it's silly, but, you know, I, what can I do? I, you know, I like it. I know what to do. But living with the idea, living with that knowledge, Changes your life. Ilu ha'adam ha'yenosin is called kaved mishkalu ha'nafshili idizu. If a person would invest the entire weight of his soul in this piece of information, called kaved mishkalu ha'nafshi. It's a beautiful term. The entire the entire spiritual weight of his being. If he would invest it in this knowledge. This piece of information that he has. Umidas ha'emes ha'isa chayich uba'eris etzlo, and the midah of being truthful is a midah that's burning inside, of, is alive and burning inside of the person, burning inside of you that you want to be an emes person. You want to live a life that's true. You want to be true. You're not going to settle for anything that's not true. He would take out a piece of paper and a pen. And he would write on this piece of paper the tachlis of his life in a sentence, which we're going to talk about, a sentence or two. Why do I exist? And he would put this little piece of paper in his pocket. And approximately once every 15 minutes, he would take this piece of paper out from his pocket. The zikaron bein einav that it should be like like a tefillin that you have between your eyes to remind you of who you are. So that this information will not be forgotten, that you will remember this. You ask any person why you, were, you ask any guy why do you wear yarmulke? It's not that we wear yarmulke. Yarmulke, yarmulke is to remember that there's a God. And, and, and I'm telling you something that I saw with my own eyes. That when I was in Queens many years ago, I was I was with some students of mine sitting in a pizza shop, and and there was there was a boy that walked in, and he was wearing a, a yarmulke with he was wearing a yarmulke with the insignia of a pornographic magazine all around his yarmulke. So how could it be? I mean that very same thing which is supposed to be which is supposed to be the, the word yarmulke means yarei malka to have fear of the king. That very same thing that's supposed to remind you that every second, it's supposed to be a little piece of paper where you wrote on it, remember who you are and why you're here in this world, that that very same thing has become in our times a fashion statement or a religious statement. This is suede, this is velvet, this is knitted, this is like this, this is like that. This guy's cool, he wears like this, this guy wears like that. You know, the whole thing. And, you know, you could, and after show you could tell which yeshiva mama she goes to. Not just what brand of a Jew, but which yeshiva he goes to. By the way, the hat is this way or that way. And by the chassidim, what kind of a hat, what kind of a shrine, what kind of this and that. 
It's become a fashion statement. A person would take out a piece of paper and write down the topics of his life and he would hold on to this piece of paper, Mamish, and he would take it out every 15 minutes and to, and to look at this piece of paper. You can imagine a person's at work and, there, and there's an opportunity, there's an opportunity to, to make some extra money. And you just have to do something that's a little bit deceitful, a little bit dishonest. And nobody will catch you. So, you know, you don't want to take out that piece of paper. You have that piece of paper in your pocket. So that's when the paper starts to collect dust, right? Because you know that if I take out that piece of paper and I look at it, and I'm an, I'm an honest person. I'm an honest person. And I take out that piece of paper and I look at it. So, so that piece of paper is not going to allow me to take the extra $10,000 or the extra $5,000. If I'm if I'm beemis. so people would rather leave the piece of paper in the pocket, not to have to deal with that, because that's going to change their life in a way that's too that's, that's too difficult. I can't do without the ten thousand dollars. I can't do without the five thousand dollars. So people will have people will, will, will live in homes, and they could have their they could have their walls lined with all kinds of religious art and and pictures and, and pictures of the you know uh, of the shtetl and beautiful pictures of you know uh, of and dancing. That's always a popular uh, theme. You know, and, and and to have this, and that, and, and it's just something from the outside. It's not something that's nagay. It doesn't touch. It's not something to live with. What are they dancing about? Whoever stops and thinks, I have this picture for 40 years in my house of a couple of guys dancing with their eyes turned up, you know, like this. <laughs> Whoever thinks about it, it's just it's, it's pretty, it's cute. And people are totally not religious will buy it also. But that, that, that doesn't, that's not a question. That's, that's purely art. But when you have a religious person and he has a picture, uh, he has a picture, remember one of my children, get, they have this, one, uh, there was this uh, a painting, a beautiful, beautiful painting of the Lubavitch Rebbe that one of my students bought for us. Beautiful painting. Mom is spectacular. And whoever was ever, if anybody here ever saw Lubavitch Rebbe in person, you know that he had eyes that were not from this world. Mamish, not of this world. And this, pers- this person, the painting, uh, you can't say captured it, but uh, it's in the ballpark of the Rebbe's eyes. So I have this little, one of my little kids. She couldn't take it anymore. She says, the eyes are always moving. The eyes are constantly watching me. And it's making me nervous. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't go to this room. I, uh, so we, I took it down for her. You know, she, she couldn't live with that, with that. With the painting was too much for her. Because a child is so tamimistic. It's not like somebody else. Oh, we can have a picture, we can have a picture of, of the Rebbe with his eyes. And we would never even notice. Even though the Rebbe's eyes are moving. We, they are moving. We would never even notice that. We would never even notice the eyes moving. Because what's it That, that's you know you know there was once one of the Bali Musa, I think it was one of the Bali Musa that they asked him. Somebody said you know it says that the tzaddikim say that in, that in Elul in Elul in the month of Elul even the fish in the water are trembling right it says that tzaddikim said there's a saying like that in Elul even the fish in the water are trembling because of the approaching day of judgment. So somebody asked the tzaddik, I never saw any fish like you know, tremble. So the tzaddik said to him. And the meaning of that is that your eyes are trembling and anything you look at is shaking. During the month of Elul, the Jews' eyes are shaking. Whatever you see is shaking. The whole world is shaking. But if a person doesn't live with that, if you don't live with this knowledge of the Tachlis, then it becomes like a painting on the wall. And it becomes like that. You, could have, you might have that little note, but you leave that little note in your pocket. But he says, but the Emes... The truth is, a person would take it out mamish. He would take it out every 15 minutes. Especially when he's being tested, especially when it's difficult. 
that he'll never want to forget this from and he'll live according to this knowledge. Zion. Mahi is Takhus So what Taki is the Takhus? Yidum Dirve Hamasilas Yesharm. The Ramchal writes at the beginning of Mesilas Yesharm. Ubaemis. This is one of the most famous sentences ever written. Ubaemis Kashlaimus Hamiti. Ramchal writes at the beginning. True perfection of a human being in this world. True perfection of human being in this world, true shleimus, is only through attachment to Hashem. May His name be blessed. And David Melech summed it up in a couple of words. David Melech said, "Vani kirvas elokim li tov." When David Melech was defining what is good. There are a lot of things that are good, but what is the good? Ice cream is good, and this. Uh, there are a lot of things that are good, but the good. Dovranel said, "Kirvas elokim li taif." Closeness to God is the good. Climber. This means Ramchal's writing. Him Adam writes Ladas mahu Adam shalim. If a person, if a person wants to know who is the other mashalim, who is the other mashalim, who is the one who has perfected himself, ma davar melech haven shetayu b'shvilai. What did davar melech tell us was his good, his ultimate good, and not only that. Now he's explaining this already. The Bilvavim, the Seif is explaining. And if Dovid Melch was telling us, he's explaining it on If Dovid Melch was telling us that this was the ultimate good in his life, was Kirvas Alakim closeness to God. It means it was the it's the ultimate good for every single Jew. Closeness to God. Closeness to Hashem. Shulchan Shavur, a broken table. Af Adam Einam Huunyan Bay. Nobody's interested in having a broken table. Kisei Shavur, a broken chair. Af Adam Einam Huunyan Bay. Nobody's interested in having a broken chair. There's no tachlis. Mita Shavur, a bed that's broken. Af Adam Enerets Elisha Nela. Nobody wants to sleep on a bed that's broken. Lomnabai should also to fall asleep on a, uh, to go to sleep on such a bed. How much more so? Infinitely more so. Sha'af Adam be pnimius nafshai. And he writes Elias Adam Shav. How much infinitely more so if we feel that a broken table is Nishkantachlis? A broken chair is Nishkantachlis? A broken bed is Nishkantachlis? How much more so would a person feel within himself? If he's a tzibroch and a mensch, if he's a broken person, the tachlis of a table is that you could put stuff on and eat there. And if it's broken, you can't sit there. You can't eat there. The tachlis of a chair is just in the chair. The chair's missing. The chair's missing a leg. The leg is broken. That's kind of tachlis. So there's no tachlis. So he says, Sha'af Adam. That's not. It can't be that any Jew, the pnimius nafshul, the inner recesses of his soul, 
any righteously as other Meshavim, nobody wants to be broken. Everybody wants to be Sholem. Everybody wants, the same way that when our babies are born, we all want them to be perfect and wonderful and holy and pure. Nobody wants to say broken, kite. Adam Shalom, we want an Adam Shalom. In the panemius of who we are, we want to be Shalom, we want to be perfect, we want to be whole. Not the way they call perfect. That's in the world. That's not, we want to perfect ourselves, each one according to what we could do. Not, not by, any, by any standard of perfection. But what we could do, and what one person can do, another person can, can do too. But we want to be Shalom. After the parentheses. Of course, there's anything he says in the parentheses of, of a lay of a broken heart, that's not for now. Maze Yehudi Shalom. No. So this is what the Ramchal is telling us. What is a a whole Jew? How do we define a Jew who is whole, as opposed to a broken Jew? You have a table and you have a broken table. Mishkantachis. You have a you have a chair and you have a broken chair. Mishkantachis. So what's so what's the meaning of a of a yid of a Jew who is Shalom, who is whole? Shleichosel Yadaim, who's not missing hands. Is that what it means to be a whole Jew? Not true. They're a very, very big tzaddikim, very great tzaddikim, but for whatever reason, that they don't have, they were born in such a way, of God forbid, something happened, and they lost their hand, or two at chalil. Shalei is a whole Jew, a Jew that has also both legs and both feet and everything's healthy? No, of course not. There are people who are, who are great and holy, who for whatever reason don't have that. So the question of whether a person has hands or feet, that's external wholeness. Shlemus Gufan is physical wholeness. Ulam Shlemus Amitis. That's what we're talking about. Be'emis. What the soul of a Jew wants is Shlemus Amitis. True Shlemus. True perfection. True wholeness. True health. Shlemus Nafshis. Spiritual Shlemus. Shlemus Pnimis. Inner Shlemus. He Shlemus Shokiras Hashem. It's only the Shlemus that comes with being close to God. A person who's close to the Bani Shleilam, as the Ramchal writes in his words, the truth is that real and true perfection, and there's the Shleimus of each and every Jew without any exception, whether or not the person was blessed with a high IQ or doesn't have a high IQ, whether he has hands or doesn't have hands. Every single Jew without any yaitzim in that The shleimus of the yid, he had dveikas by his baruch shemai, his attachment to Hashem, may his name be blessed. The Kamayi Shekosev Shammah Ramchal writes over there, the Zula Zeh, and besides this, anything else, any other way that any writer, philosopher, thinker, poet has described perfection and greatness and wholeness, any other description of perfection, Zula Zed Ramchal writes, Any other way that human beings say this is good, or this is the ultimate good, any other definition of good, which means it is it's absolute nonsense and, and a complete and total distortion and lie. That's really all that a Jew has in this world. The Amis Bamis. Kirvas Hashem and Dvekis Hashem. That doesn't depend upon being married. Doesn't depend upon having children. 
doesn't depend upon what neighborhood you're in, doesn't depend upon suede yarmulke, velvet yarmulke, doesn't depend upon a big hat, a little hat, a shrimal. Kirvas Hashem Litov. Kol Mahus Shla Yehudi. The whole Mahus, the essence of a Jew. Kol Mahus Shla Yehudi Zeliyos Kerv Lashem Vedovik Lashem. And again, we all know this. The question is to live with it. That the that what the whole essence of a Jew is to be close to God, to be attached to Him. It doesn't only mean in the next world. Every one of us is expecting that whatever at some point, at some point in the next world, I get made. All of us are thinking that God forbid to have to do a little stuff to clean us up. But then at some point, hopefully sooner than later, we're going to be in Adam Haba, and there we'll be attached to God. There we'll be attached to God in Adam Haba. So everybody, everybody expects to have attachment to God, even though we don't know what that means exactly, we learn about the whole Sefer. But it's, it's, it's this thought, this, it's over there, in Ulam Haba, be attached to God. But right now, I have to go shopping, I have couple. In this world, I have other things. In the next world, in other words, that's the gift. The gift is, if you have to go through all the sky and you, get, and you pass go, then what you do, when you get past go, they give you this thing that's called delighting in God's presence. That's not why we were created for the next world. Because the Rosh could have left this, never had to send us down to this craziness for that. The Tachlis is to be delivered by Hashem in this world. That's the Tachlis. In this world, Afkan the whole avoider, the work of a Jew, and his tachlis, to be attached to Hashem, to the Creator. Every moment of life that a person lives not being attached to the Creator, at that moment, even though he's the nicest guy and wonderful girl, but at that moment that he's not living with that attachment to Hashem, is a sebrachana. He's not an Adam Shalom. It's a table that's missing something. It's a broken table, a broken chair, a broken Jew. Because the Tachlis is to be Dovah Hashem. And anything less than that, again, each person on his own level, Hashem doesn't ask from us what he asks from Rashi and Rambam. But each person in his, in his life, from his family, in his surroundings, if you're not living according to what you can in that way of being Dovah Hashem, attachment to God, ain't no Adam Shalom. You're not a complete person. You're not a complete person. And you're missing true shleimus. She had vegas by his You know how many times you'll hear like there'll be some there'll be some You know, it'll be yeshiva bocher, and he's a serious bocher, and he's sitting and learning 14, 15 hours a day. And you could be a chosher balabas or balat bayit, right? And you have a nice home, and you have everything good. You see this yeshiva bocher, yeshiva bochers. Sure, it is out, you know. Not completely out. Half. It's usually half, right? See, she is like half out. And then you look at the and you look at the telescope and you look at the tzitzis and they look like they haven't been white for at least six, seven years. It looks like that yellowish color, you know. And if you see that his payas, his little payas look, and they're coming out funny. And you know, and not only that, and the worst thing is that that the worst thing. I was just reading this. There's this delightful book that some of the Chavar wrote, some of Rav Shlomo Firefall's Torahs, you know? It's a beautiful book. Some gave me uh, this beautiful book. And Rav Shlomo was, was such a warm and wonderful Jew. Rav Shlomo was saying that one time, that one time, 
he was he was invited. He was I think he was he was in Europe and he was invited to to a, a very close of a home and uh, there was there were there was in Switzerland or it was here and there were Swiss people I don't remember but it was a Swiss home that I remember and he went with two boys that went with a Rosh Hashiva to, to keep him company and this woman was a real European you know put together like everything with the finest linen no plastic paper stuff there you know really really like everything she prepared for a week to have Rosh Hashiva the Shoma describing this and what she the food the gourmet Alice you know with servants walking around in little dresses and, and, and wagons the whole thing and you know like I was once in a home in, in, in England I got stuck there over Shabbos and I had to go and, and I'm telling you I come from a very nice home my, my mother's very very fancy with everything but I never saw there were like seven pieces of silver I didn't know I was afraid I didn't know what to do there were so many pieces of silver so it was this kind of a house so listen, so Shoma said he got in the Bokhah, so this, this lady brings out, you know, they, they bring out this unbelievable gourmet stuff, and the Bokhah says, uh, lady, you have any ketchup? <laughs> so Shoma said she had the most horrified look on her face. <laughs> that this is like, this person is not from this world. You learn terror, you have any ketchup. And her Shoma says, like, says, I felt so big because I know that that Bokhah his whole life, I know him for so many years that whenever he sees a chicken, he just thinks of ketchup. You can't, they're inseparable in his life. Whenever you have a chicken, like by me, I can't eat without coleslaw, of a shagaz. So you have, he, every time he sees a piece of chicken, he thinks ketchup. So this woman was totally, totally sick, and the rest of the time she couldn't talk, she couldn't do anything. Because how, these Americans, because the yeshiva bacha, look at them. Why am I saying this? You can have a person sometimes that learns Torah like 15 minutes a week, but his shirt is tucked in and he's got cufflinks. <laughs> cufflinks. Ah, his tie is all the way to the top and all those people that are always choking. <laughs> and everything is shiny and his sleeves are never like mine. They're never like, you know, at the end they start to get, you know, afraid and everything. Mamish guys put together beautiful. And he'll look at some yeshiva book that's sitting learning 15 hours a day. I'm not saying it's an excuse. Yeshiva book should talk to shirt. No, no, that's not the point. That's not the point. But who's looking down upon whom? And how many times I've heard comments. Slow is learning 15 hours a day. That kid's walking around with God in his head all day long. And you are, you're walking around all day long. What do you have in your head all day long with your cufflinks? How could it be that a person, how could it be that that balabas would look down on that kid? The terrorist is. Because he doesn't live in that place of the vacant special. I was the tachlis of my life. If he felt that, if he was living with that idea, if he took out that little note, why were you created? He'd look at that bacher and he'd be jealous of him. But he's sitting and learning 15 hours a day instead of feeling sorry for him. He looks like a shlok with a shirt. What kind of a life is that? You sit in the yeshiva, what do you do there all day? Like these people talk, the way they talk about yeshiva, what do you, what do, you do all day? He sits in the yeshiva. I would also like this in yeshiva. If you have people say, I would, that's not even true. 99% of people that say that, they couldn't sit for half hour. <laughs> but, but, besides all of that, that way of looking at somebody, it's because of Hesach Adas. It's the guy with the, it's, we go back to the guy with the sword that just doesn't remember why he saw him. He's thinking of something else. See, here's a yid. He got, he has a yarmulke on his head. He's looking down at the Shiva Bachan. Why? Because he, he, he's a practicing Jew. This fancy guy with the cufflinks. He's a, I don't mean anything I'm just using him as an example. I even have a pair, I just don't use them. He, he's, he, he's, he, he's look, how can he look down on this person? How can he look down on the Shiva Bachan? The Shiva Bachan is learning all day. 
Because he doesn't, he's not thinking at that moment what the tachlis of life is. He thinks that the tachlis of life is to have a fancy home and to have a pressed shirt. Maybe the tachlis of life is what that kid's doing, not what he is doing. The person has asikadahs. You don't live with the knowledge. This is just an example. There are a million mistakes every minute if you don't live with this feeling, this awareness, and this thought of, of why we're in the world, of why we created it, of why we exist. Yes, let's just read this one more paragraph. Odamamiti. A true person. A truthful person, an honest person. That has paid attention, he said, so far, and has learned what we've written until now. And has tried to accept it in his heart. Not just intellectually. But is trying to take it into the heart. It's Suramitis in a true way. He would have to take these words that we just learned from the Ramchal. Here we go again. You'd have to write them down. He'd have to write on that piece of paper. These are the words. That we just that sentence that we read. From Dawud Amalf. And he came to the He'd have to write it and put it in his pocket. And approximately every 15 minutes. Right? That he should always see this. He would take this paper out from his pocket. And he would look at this very carefully. And he would remind himself. Again and again. What is the reason that I'm living here in this world? What's the tachlis page? Page ches. What's the tachlis of my life? Attachment to God. He reads these words again and again. Until this truth is living in front of his eyes. It's constantly before his eyes. So it comes to a point where it's no longer necessary to take out the paper. But because of this clear awareness and this feeling that he has of the tachlis of life, and because of his continuous search, the asemis advarim to apply these things in his actual day-to-day life, not just to have this, not just to have this thought. Like we have found another another test. To the extent that one spends time during the day to remember the tachlis of his life, a person can live through a day. Let's say not when he's asleep. Let's say he was awake. Let's say he was awake for 15 hours that day, and he only thought of the tachlis of his life. He only thought about the tachlis of his life for one minute. That means he only lived for a minute. Live for a minute. Just, that was the whole day. On his calendar, it was 15 hours. On his Palm Pilot, it was 15 hours. In the, in, in the, the Embassy in Tanimius, it was, it was a minute. And what he's going to explain here, that doesn't mean that you can't be a, a, a lawyer, a doctor, a, a nurse, an accountant, a, a carpenter, a plumber. Of course, of course a person can be. And you have to concentrate on, on, on when you're a carpenter. You have to make sure that you're thinking about what you're doing. You're not thinking about that moment. If you're, starting to be, if you're thinking about God and you're supposed to be sewing, you're going to cut your finger also. So we're going to learn more about that. He says, that's the time when a person is, is living with this awareness. Like it says in the Gemara about the tzaddik, 
every single second when he was when he was making the sandal, he was miyachid yichudim. Every second while he was Rabbi Yochanan Hasandal was a shoemaker, and every single second when he was making when he was hammering the nails into the shoe, it says he was unifying God's name. And Avdesto explained it's a famous thing. That doesn't mean he was thinking about God. If you're a shoemaker and you're thinking about God, then you're a lousy shoemaker, and no one's going to pay you. What kind of a shoemaker thinks about God? He'll he'll just mess up the shoe if he's thinking about God. So so what he explained, Avdesto explained is that the Yichudim, the, unif- the unifications of God's name were with the intention that he had that may the one who created me help me and guide my hand that I should make this shoe in such a good way that the person will mamish enjoy wearing it. That's called unification of God's name. That's what it means, but there's a God awareness. And that's a living moment of his life as opposed to just slumping through work. It's a living moment of life. It's, it's Chaim. He's Be'emes Chaim. The rest of the day when you're busy with other things Without remembering why you're here in this world Again, it doesn't mean that necessarily a conscious religious thought at every moment We can't live like that But without remembering and being focused on And even doing those chores With that awareness of God It's similar, it's compared to death It's a taste of death and therefore this person needs to be brought back to life. A human being needs, a Jew needs every, every, every minute, every hour, a person needs to be resurrected from the dead. Because, because living away from God is death. And being attached to Him is life. And it's the only life. Being alive means to remember why you're alive. And being brought back to life means being brought back to that consciousness and that awareness of why you're in this world. And what's your tachlis in this world? Even when a person is mekayim mitzvahs, all of lusker should tachlis ha mitzvahs miloshem tzaptek. And I should close with a svarmak. There's no balshemtev to it. But the word mitzvah is from the word tzaptek. Tzaptek, not tzaptek, which means a grandmother. Tzaptek means to be attached. Tzaptek means attachment. The purpose of every mitzvah is to, be, is to attach a person to God. And yet you could do mitzvahs all the time without thinking about them. You could do mitzvahs all the time without thinking about how is this going to make me closer to Hashem? What does this do for my relationship with Hashem? Claim Mishra called Tachlis and Mitzvahs. He leads Sav to Lebar. The whole Tachlis of Mitzvahs is to be attached to God. He has Kara Vadovic Lebar to be close and attached to Him. Ulay Zeus, if not for this, Nechse Ikapnimis Mohsa Mitzvah. You're missing the main part of the mitzvah. You're missing the mitzvah. I mean, you did the mitzvah, and you yotzei the mitzvah, but the but the purpose of the mitzvah, and the underlying the underlying the sham of the soul of that mitzvah is not there. It's, it's like a mitzvah that's not alive. It's like a body without a soul. The Zohar says, Hashem, the Torah, and the Jewish people are one. Studying Torah and observing the mitzvahs. All the Torah that we learn and all the mitzvahs that we observe have to be with it from this perspective of what? Kuchibrichu. God. To remember God and to be attached to God. The Mahalak Shadam Dovak Batari Vabari. Yisrael means the Jew. That the, every act of a Jew and every thought and every word is for this purpose of attachment to God through his Torah and through his mitzvahs. Zatachlis Chai. And that's the Tachlis of his life. Dvekis Batari Ubakadish Baruch. Attachment to Hashem is Baruch. Uh, attachment to the Torah and attachment to Hashem is Baruch. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop here. Nice, it's, it's important. It's, it's hard to do so much of this at one time.
and we have to try to, if you're able to, to, to review it and to go over. Again, he repeats it a lot, so we should get it should be driven into our, into our kishkas. And again, I want to thank Chana and, and David for opening up their home to us, and Hashem's Baal should give them Simcha Nachs and Brocha every single moment in this home, and Mitzvah Mirzalayim soon.